0: Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Hey, on today's episode, I sit down with J.D. Goss, from JD Design and Antiques.com. JD has an outstanding, outstanding shop right down in West Fork, right on Main Street. And um, I really can't wait for you to hear this particular episode. I just wanted to give you a, an update in advance. When you hear this episode, silly me, I had a little bit of a technical issue and my batteries died around 28 minutes into this particular podcast. So I apologize for that. But as the dutiful podcaster that I am, I always have a backup. So that's when you hear the audio quality goes down just a little bit because I use my iPhone as a backup recorder whenever I do a podcast episode. So that's why you're gonna hear a drop off in the audio quality. So please accept my apologies in advance. So without further ado, J.D. Goss from Antiques.com, cue the music. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And this particular episode is being recorded during the the COVID-19 scare, concern, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But we are not letting the COVID-19 virus get in the way of us getting out, meeting with some interesting people and recording responsibly, I, I might add, because I'm not in a, a room with like a, a thousand other people or anything like that. I'm actually just sitting across from a gentleman, J.D. Goss, who is uh, the owner and proprietor of J.D. Design and Antiques right here in West Fork, Arkansas. West Fork is just due south of Fayetteville, uh, about five miles or less from Drake Field. After you leave Fayetteville, you hit West Fork, I think, and there might be one other town in between there. So, But as I I was telling JD, this is my first time or our first time recording an episode not in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, or Rogers, and West Fork is part of Northwest Arkansas. So without further ado, JD Goss. JD, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Randy. Good, good, good. So I'm excited to have you on. We have a mutual friend and she said I remember her saying, you've got to meet this guy, JD. He has some amazing, amazing antiques and just everything that he does is really interesting. So when I heard about you, I said, I have to see what you're all about. As I was telling you earlier, a former ex-girlfriend of mine, her dad was a huge collector. And he, my father was a big antiques collector, but this girl that I used to date before I married my lovely wife of almost 20 years, her dad was a big time collector in California and he was originally from Mississippi and he knew a little something about upholstery. He knew something about fine art and he gave me, you know, in the period of time that I spent around him, he gave me a real education on that and how to, un- how to uh, truly understand and appreciate, you know, what has already been created from the vantage point of antiques and collectibles. And so I don't certainly don't know nearly even a, a minute amount of what you know. And I certainly would love for you to kind of share with our audience a little bit about what you know and what you've experienced. But I remember when I moved here five years ago, I always wanted to know, wow, I wonder what the antique scene is like here. I wonder what collectibles are like here in Northwest Arkansas. I mean, you have little places here or there, but when I walked into your shop today, and, and folks, <laughs> I'm, I got to tell you, you need to come down here to West Fork. I'll make sure I get you the directions, but It's basically just go south on Business Route 71, past Drakefield about five miles, and you make a right turn on Main Street, and JD's location is literally right there. But this is not necessarily a commercial for his company. It is certainly a chance for you to know, especially those that are are relocating to this area and looking to find a place that might be a purveyor of really high-quality antiques and a purveyor of collectibles that... You know, we will we'll stand the test of time. That's why they're here in the first place. But more importantly, we will be able to um, you know be an added dimension to maybe a house that you're building or something along those lines. So, without further ado, JD Gas, listen. I'd love for you to just share with our audience, and this is what we normally do: is we ask for people to give us their your superhero origin stories. So, I'd love for you to tell us. A little bit about who you are, and I learned a little bit about your history and where you're originally from. But I'd love for you just to kind of give our audience the Cliff Note version of that.
2: Well, the Cliff Note. I started dibbling, dabbling with antiques when I was probably twelve or thirteen. Okay. I really enjoyed going down to the antique shop at the end of the hill where we lived and hanging out with the old timers and listening to their stories. Mm-hmm. I would try to recite them at times, just uh, just kind of like I was wanting to be something. Because I was still trying to find myself, I was just a kid, right. and I mowed the grass there. And one day, Charlie, who went to school with my mother, so there's a quite the age difference, told me I should buy a piece of furniture from him. And he said he had paid ninety five dollars and he'd take fifty. So I thought this was a really good business. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought it. it. Took me probably two summers to work it off. And one day, uh, Bob Fox was a, another antique dealer came in, and Charlie told him. He said J D probably has something up there at the house you'd be interested in. So, Fox came up, looked at it. It was a little washed in. He said, how much is it? I said, $95. He said, I'll take it. So, (laughs) that kind of got me hooked. How old were you? I was 13 then. Wow. So, I'm 43 now. That's 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Forever. Okay. But I went from that and then uh, learning how to do restoration work. I always was fond of doing things with wood. Mm -hmm. Grew up in the woods and I was just like putting stuff together. And uh, I don't want this to sound boastful, but I, it seemed simple to me, the mechanics of putting wood together. Yeah. And, uh, seemed so natural. So I took full advantage of that. And my parents supported me in that way. And then lots of people in the business came to like me and knew that I would do work cheap. So I got (laughs) a lot of work. And then I went to work in Washington, DC when I was 16. And the luck of the draw was I went to work with a master carpenter, and he taught me there's only one way to do something it's the right way. Right. And the standards in Washington, D.C. 30 years ago were as high as they are anywhere now. Right. And we did work for a very well-known builder there, and I got a great education in building fine homes and remodels. And then I just always ended up going back to Antique's. Mm-hmm. I always did it on the side, but I think when the recession hit here, we moved here, my family and I, I have four children, and we moved here 21 years ago, mm-hmm. and my oldest daughter was three weeks old. Wow. Yeah. And I came here not knowing anyone, not knowing anything about Fayetteville. In fact, I think it was probably a year before everything went down to Dixon Street after I lived here. I just was, I moved to Lincoln, I thought, boy, this place is really so slow compared to Washington, D.C., but (laughs) I moved to Lincoln. I mean, if I would have moved to Fayetteville, it would have been different. And I met some antique dealers who kind of took me under their wing, gave me work. Then I always did a little bit of building, home building, restoration. But I fine-tuned the restoration, and I still am to this day. It's probably what I'm best known for is museum-quality restoration of antiques. And uh, But I don't do work for other people. I Buy my own merchandise, pick my own stuff, and I work on the products I want to work on. Right. And then I sell them and, you know, try to make something on it. But most of it's a labor of love. It's to see the end result, what time is put into a piece to get it back to the condition which we sell it in or present it in. You cannot charge what it's worth to get it to that point many a times. Right. So it's, you know, just working in numbers. But the pride is when you get it done, when you see the thing come to life again. It's something that's been around for 150, 200 years. And in in a way, you've resurrected it. There's such a sense of accomplishment. That's really my biggest pay. Oh,
0: man. I love that. So, I mean, obviously, it's not you're not really trying to appeal to the bobs crowd or any any no. or, or sams or anybody else as far as – and there's a there is a there is a, a, a organization or store for any you know any type of consumer but i mean certainly what you're doing is is at a whole different level in terms of appreciation in terms of putting things into it so instead of you taking somebody's couch and and reupholstering it or adding to it you you are basically identifying the things that you think have the most value and and rehabbing re, them or refurbishing them and then making them available to the public.
2: Yeah. And I, I think what you used a word that I use in my advertising, a purveyor, a purveyor of, <laughs> I say I'm the purveyor of the South's finest antiques. Okay. All right. But I don't say get it at JD's, but right. the, we could. <laughs> yes, yeah, so. But uh, like you said, there's a venue for For everything you want to Northwest Arkansas. and But what we have here is something special, not only to Northwest Arkansas, but something special to the nation, really. We've had customers from Nova Scotia. We sell a lot of stuff, New York, Jersey, Texas, Wisconsin, California. There's only a handful of states we haven't shipped to. It's funny, I'll buy something in New Jersey. (laughs) I'll ship it here, put it on eBay. After it's restored and somebody will call me and we'll be talking and I'll say, well, where do you live? I can get you a shipping quote and they'll tell me a name of the place. I'm like, okay, well, I bought this in, you know, <laughs> Newark, New yeah, Jersey. And exactly. they're like, that's 15 minutes from me. <laughs> happens. I mean, it, it happens so many times in my life that it just kind of. Seems like second nature now. It's it's strange how that migrates back home.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, as I look in, and I'm going to share some of the pictures in our show notes. I mean, folks, I, I got to tell you, it, it would be worth it to schedule an appointment to come down and visit JD in his studio here and really just see the works that he has. I, I've taken. He's allowed me to take several photos that I will put on the show notes because I think it's it's good to get an idea of the breadth of his collection. But I think, you know, the thing that, that is interesting, and I would love for you to kind of speak to it, is w- when you got here 21 years ago, and, and as you've continued to evolve over, over time, what have you seen the antique scene become here in Northwest Arkansas?
2: Well, I'll have to say this, and this it sounds bad, but antiques, the word antiques has been cheapened. Mm-hmm. The word has lost its value in itself, the word antiques. You used to go in an antique shop and you're from the East Coast of the Boston area. I mean, crazy amounts of really good stuff. And if you want to know the truth of it, the East Coast is where I get probably 70, 80% of my items because you had the very high-end furniture manufacturers there. It all came, if they brought in mahogany or something, it came in off that coast. There were so many reasons and that's where America started and then it gradually went west. So, in Arkansas, we never really had really, really fine stuff. If we did, it was hit and miss Mm -hmm. because we were farming poor communities. Yeah. And it was uh, utilitarian use antiques. So, we have a lot of the turn of the century, oak pie safes and, uh, you know, ice boxes, clawfoot tables, things like that. You always seen that stuff 20 years ago. Even that stuff's thinned out a lot. But now, this isn't to... You know, minimalize it. But antiques—you see antiques on a sign now, and you're hesitant to stop because it's not <laughs> antiques. There's right. some Beanie Babies and NASCAR, yeah, memorabilia. Yeah. So we have a real antique shop. That's not to say we're better than anybody else. We just have a venue that's more of what you would have seen twenty some years ago. Even though we're in a very affluent area, mm-hmm. the problem is the economy when people. In 06, 07, 08, it got really, really rough. The rest of the country, I was traveling a lot then, selling it at, at auctions, buying out east. And the rest of the country, I was in Alabama, Mississippi a lot. Well, they had been in a recession for three years. Right. And I was trimming homes up here in, in Northwest Arkansas. And I seen it coming, but because we, we had a big dip in the economy. But it was happening all over the United States before it ever hit here. And with that, you know, when people quit building big homes, when they when they start minimalizing, they make their they want to uh, simplify their life, go to smaller homes, stuff goes to storage. Well, antiques don't sell, so it drove a lot of people out of the business. What I've I've tried to deal in is anything I bought. Whenever I buy something new, I try to buy something just as unique or a step better. I've always tried to have that. That philosophy. Because when you have something that is at the top of the food chain, the people who want the thing at the top of the food chain will always want that. Right. You know? Yeah. Where even my position, I'm trying to pay my bills. You know, I'm trying to eat. Do I buy this <laughs> piece right are, here? Yeah. yeah. Do I buy this piece right now or do I pay my mortgage and eat? You know, it's a pretty easy answer. But a lot of the things we sell are long-term investment pieces. They're actually gaining much of the value that they had at one time that got uh, depreciated, I guess with the fall in the economy, but now it's gaining speed back, yeah so yeah, antique shops are just not what they used to be, and i wish I really wish there were more- mm-hmm. because that was something that I enjoyed as a kid going with my grandpa and my grandma going to the auctions and hitting antique shops and always finding that gym. Right. That that you found was special. And I know the days aren't over, but they are they're a few and far between. Far between. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny because I I've you know, driving to like Tulsa, you see some of these mm-hmm. kind of like um what's the best way to describe them? Flea markets, if you mm-hmm. will. And I found like, you know, mentioning this gentleman that I mentioned, his name was Tommy McKee, that that really taught me a lot about antiques he used to go to a lot of flea markets and he would get some tremendous deals and uh, this was when i lived in the bay area and you know there'd be some old school families that were in the bay area that had collected some stuff from back east of all places and it was there in the bay area and they were selling it and a lot of it they sold to him and to others and i mean some of the stuff museum quality paintings i mean just you know you things that you just don't normally see and the things that he was able to pick up You know, at a flea market would would be amazing. You know, I can only imagine. And I've actually been back to one of his favorite haunts of a flea market, which was the the Ashby Avenue Flea Market in Berkeley, California, where he got a ton of stuff that he then either reupholstered or redid and then resold. But, you know, the quality isn't always there as much as it used to be. So,
2: now what I wonder if a lot of this stuff went to collections, I hope that it went to private collections, you know, or went to museums and. These type things, but it used to be you'd go to a flea market because you, you want to find that one thing. Yeah. And it was there. I mean, yeah. It really was. If you didn't find it when your buddies got it, you're like, look what I found. You're like, I was in there last week and I, I didn't see anything. I, I found a teapot. Yeah. You know? And they don't really have anything like that around they here. They don't. Yeah. It used to be uh, open air flea markets were a thing that were huge. You know, you'd see during the spring, fall, summer months, they'd be set up on the side of the roads and be so many vendors. And yeah. I'd like to have that come back. I think the demand for it would be. I really think the demand is huge. Yeah, yeah. It just it is taking on a big responsibility to organize such an event and try to make everything work. And and then you have to somewhat police it, or you are going to have you know the baby clothes and all this stuff, which like you said, it has a place, but maybe not in that venue. Yeah.
0: Well, so so tell me this because as I'm looking around. And actually looking at your collection, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff that's actually quite affordable and it's not like it's, I mean, it's not like everybody that could walk in here would be offended by the prices, but kind of walk me through, you know, individuals that might be listening to this that are thinking, man, you know, I've been wanting to buy some antiques or I relocated here from X and X, such a place. And I've been thinking about, you know some of my family's always said I should add some quality pieces to my collection and make sure that I have something that's going to last Asi- outside of that, what should people be looking for, or what would you what do you offer that's a way to give a person a toehold into this whole area of collecting not just memorabilia, but just collecting something that is of from a different time, a different place, and you know it has its own unique value?
2: Well. To me, this is the the, the million-dollar question because it is hard to make money. It doesn't even matter if you are you have a well-paying job or if you've got a bonus and you have some extra money. Money is hard to come by. It doesn't matter how much you have. It's hard to come by. And our sweet spot when it comes to clients right now, I would say is the 30 to 40 crowd. Okay, Believe okay. it or not, right? I mean, it's yeah. surprising because antiques used to be like, the 60 to 75 year old crowd but that's that's not the way the market is now, and I believe one hundred percent that these shows that we all find uh I find them interesting I say I'll find them entertaining American pickers pawn stars the road show road show right. yeah. yeah antique road show these are entertaining TV shows are the the antique road show is legit okay and so are some of the others are some of them staged yeah a little bit but who cares What it has done is it's put into this business what was going the way of the dinosaur. The the, the business, the antiques was going the way of the antique and we needed a shot in the arm. We really did. So now people say, okay, I made this much money. I can go to so-and-so retail giant and buy a bed. I'm going to spend $1,500 as my budget and they get it home. It's painted MDF, okay? Right. They painted grain on there to make it look old. They took a design that is from the 1800s, and they're bringing it back. They're making it look good, and they make it a queen or a king or whatever, and you're spending $1,500. Well, you find that it's rickety six months later. You found that the rail busted out, and then you put it on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, and you're trying to get $150, and then someone offers you 30 Yeah. They can bring that $1,500 here and I will gladly take it from them, but I'll give them in, in exchange for that money. I could sell them a bed from that was imported African mahogany and it was made in 1845, 1850. We're talking a Civil War, pre-Civil War period bed made in America out of imported mahogany that's been around for, what, 170 years? Not going and, anywhere. Yeah, you could eat <laughs> off of I mean, it's absolutely perfect, right? Right. For $1,500. Okay, times get tough. You need to sell something. Hey, we got that bed. We spent $1,500. You can all sell it and get your money. Right. Okay, but think about what we can turn this over. We could leave this to somebody. We This can be an heirloom piece. And that's what antiques were. Yeah. And what happened with a lot of antiques, people bought lesser than quality antiques. And they were rickety. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the antiques that we've sold in the you know past 30 years, made by Larkin Soap Company, where you exchange your soap vouchers for furniture, right, and they'd send you a piece of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how long yeah. did you think it was last? It lasted 100 years. That's not bad, really. Yeah. But wh- and we sell a lot of handmade, 100 percent wool rugs, which is you can go buy a brand new room-sized rug that looks just like one of our rugs. And say it's six hundred dollars. You vacuum it ten times, and you have half the rug that you started with. Right. Or you can buy a wool rug that's new from us that will last a hundred years. Or we have a rug that's hundred years old that's last will last another hundred years. Yeah. It's when you start looking about how hard it is to come up with money. I think the biggest thing with me is like when I write a check for something. It doesn't seem, I guess it doesn't seem real to me, you know, write a check. It's right. Kind of good. But when you're cashing that, when you're putting out $100 bills in front of you, you realize how hard it is to come up with that money. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to see people waste money. Yeah. I don't want to waste money. But we've had a lot of people come in that never came in here to buy an antique. They come in to look at a rug and we furnish their house. But they got to get in the door. We got to see them.
0: Exactly. How are they finding you right now?
2: Our biggest probably promoter was is ATN. Okay, and they play us before and after antique row show. Okay, we have a great relationship with them. They've been very very generous with airtime as far as showing our sponsorship. Okay, um, that's one. eBay was we used eBay a lot. We sold a lot on eBay, which well, I just don't like putting stuff on eBay. I just
0: I understand. I'm
2: not. I'd rather be the hands-on work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you'll be able to include I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast in there in the future and say, yeah, man, those guys. I did an episode with that Randy character, and and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I just got a a flood of of interest and new people that that showed up at my doorstep. So, I mean, you have – your collection is – I mean, just to kind of give the listeners an idea, I mean, he – You know, JD has a horse from the Civil War. Yes, you heard me say this (laughs) correctly. A horse from the Civil War. He has some pictures of some African Americans right around the period of Reconstruction, which, I mean, historically is significant, but more importantly, the types of photographs or pictures that they are just denote that there's something special about them. I mean, you'd only have to see it for yourself to understand this. You know, he has just about you know, all kinds of machinery that's been repurposed. I mean, just a really, really cool old school hot water heater that was turned into a two-person chair. And I mean, you you talk about you couldn't lift this but with three people. I mean, it's it's that heavy, but and it's not going anywhere. And and, and like as JD said before. You know, the quality nowadays and just about anything that we get and that this is just kind of part of our society. I mean, we just don't make things that last anymore. But the quality of of material and the workmanship that goes into a lot of what JD has here under his roof is simply amazing. And you just don't see it every day. And so if you, you get a table, you're guaranteed that the table is probably going to outlive you unless it's destroyed in the fire. It's going to outlive you. Your son or daughter is going to take it and pass it on to their son or daughter and so on and so forth and all of a sudden you really do have a family heirloom and a great memory and tremendous stories that go alongside of that but I would certainly encourage anyone listening to you know figure out a way to come on down here and uh, check out what jD's doing because uh there's some there's some really cool things happening here in west fork and and um I'd love to for you to share with our audience what what are your hours here, and, and what's the best way for people to get in contact with you?
2: Yeah, we have a uh, we have a website, jddesignandantiques.com. Okay, we'll put that in our show notes. Yeah, and uh, our store here is at 37 Main Street. We're open from 9 to 5 every day except Sunday. And uh, it's going to be myself here and my wife. We Big have, team. yeah, we're, we're here. You're up, there, yeah. okay. All I right. try to stay in the back in the world. Well, you're working. I mean, you, you I know. have so many uh, projects. I mean, I know. But you'd be surprised you? how many people I talk to. My <laughs> wife's like, you know, talking to people is not making any money. But I'm No, like, of course not. But I like, I love talking to people. I love sharing. I've gained knowledge. How, how do I do it? Because I listen to people when they talk. Yeah. <laughs> when they gave me a hint or when they gave me a clue or show me a trick, I tried to put that in a memory bank somewhere up there so I could recall it. Yeah. I'd love to share that with the next person. And that that's something that anyone can receive for free. Yeah. I'd like to say, Randy, real quick, I wanted to say we're starting a new venture, kind of new. It's been in my mind for a long time, but the repurposing, uh, the the building, custom tables, but using a lot of live edge, a lot of big slabs, all in um, re-harvested trees, a lot, of, a lot of which came down during the tornado. Yeah. We lost some record. I have Huge several trees. trees. Yeah, I have several that are Arkansas records, and they're recorded master trees. That uh, if it wasn't for being able to save them, they would have went to the woodpile. So eventually, hopefully soon, there'll be a table in someone's living room or, I mean, someone's dining room. Yeah, man, that that is amazing, and uh, yeah. I know
0: that you know repurposing these trees for what they are certainly want to encourage people to kind of check out what JD is doing here with the different tables that you're creating and others that are just, like I said, I mean, you you can't, there's no two are alike, not so, you know, there definitely some differences there. So yeah, I think that's amazing. Well, all right. I think that's great. I, I really appreciate you taking time to share with our audience a little bit about who you guys are and and what things are all about, and um, you know, I want to uh, I want to encourage people to come down here and check you guys out. Again, it's just seventy one south, just about five miles past Drake Field. You hook a right onto if you're coming from Fayetteville, you hook a right on the main, and they are literally right there as soon as you make that right. So definitely come down here and check out JD and his team, and uh, certainly mention that you heard about them first on the podcast. And I'm sure he'll take care of you and, and, uh, outside of giving you a high five, really kind of show you all the great things that he has here under this roof. It's this outstanding facility. It's, if nothing else, it's worth a visit, but, um, definitely come down here, bring your wallet and, um, be prepared to be blown away by, um, some of the, the items that he has here. In his collection, just absolutely stunning. And, uh, JD, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, Randy. I really appreciate you having me on and, uh, whatever becomes of it is, is good for us, but we, we really appreciate the opportunity for sure.
0: No, absolutely. Well, there you have it. Okay. So perfect. Well, there you have folks that that's, uh, another episode in the books, uh, JD Goss from JD. Design and antiques and, uh, certainly want to encourage you to come check them out here in West Fork. And it's West Fork. I was, I was reminded it's not West Forks. There's not multiple forks involved. There's only one fork. And, uh, certainly want to encourage you to come down here and check out JD and his company and, um maybe get a piece of artwork or something. You never know. There might be something here exactly what you've been looking for. You've got a little space in that upstairs um, den. Maybe you have a space downstairs in your living room that's just clamoring for a piece of furniture. Come see JD and he might be able to help you out. So that's all we have for this week. Uh, I really appreciate you guys checking us out here at I Am Northwest Arkansas. Remember, we're everywhere that uh, good podcasts can be found. We would really appreciate feedback from you. If you get a chance, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen to this podcast. And remember, we have a new episode that comes out every Monday. So please continue to check us out, continue to share us with your friends and uh, let them know how great of a place Northwest Arkansas is by just sharing with them this podcast and all the great stories like JD's that make up this place that we call home here in the Ozarks. That's all for now. I will see you next week.